Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome to Infinite Cast, your number one uh, hungover literature <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Wood. Uh, I'm Molly O'Brien. Uh, we don't usually introduce We don't in- usually introduce ourselves. Uh, we uh, are very sorry for missing last week. Uh, it's just there were so many things going on that something had to give. Something's got to give. And Jack the, Nicholson, Jack, Diane Keaton. Call me Jack Nicholson because something's, something's got to give. give. <laughs> uh, and uh, the thing that gave was Infinite Cast. We're very sorry. We were uh, traveling uh, and yes. now we're back. I, I would have had to bring all the podcast gear to Burlington, Vermont, which isn't wouldn't have been terrible, but it was like. It would have uh, essentially doubled your luggage size. Yes, basically. Uh, yeah, because I, I basically b- brought a pair of pants and a shirt uh, <laughs> when, when I went up to see Molly's parents last weekend. Um, so thank you for bearing with us. Maybe it just gave the, uh, I don't know, like 700 or so of you who are, are seem to be uh, listening along with the show um, some time to catch up. Uh, so honestly, you're welcome. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just so, um, so it's so uh, ag- aggressive and uh, uh, crass. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for missing a week. Yeah, uh, but I think honestly, for uh, for we started this, I don't know, like September or something. We're on like episode forty. We've been doing this like forty. S- 40-something straight weeks yeah. and not missing one. Certainly more consistent than it introducing. Uh, yes, certainly more uh, consistent. But uh, now that we've broken the seal on missing a week, I, I'm hoping that we don't... We won't, we won't make it we a won't, We won't make, we it won't a make a habit of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll try yeah. to do it the best that we can. Even if we are traveling more the next few weeks, we'll, we, I will bring the podcast equipment and we will keep up the, 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 the show schedule. We won't... Yeah, we won't let this happen again. We won't let you down. Um, shall we get into it? Yes, let's, un- let's un- read Infinite Jest. Unfortunately, um, so this is the situation where from last week I realized that I had cut an end note short because mm-hmm. it ended, uh, a paragraph ended, and I thought that that, <laughs> that was, was the, the end, end of it. Of the end note. And it turns out there's another seven or eight pages of it. <laughs> so we're, unfortunately today we are starting at, um, at end note one, t- the continuation, well, end note 110, Kant. Uh, and just for a little context in case people have forgotten this is uh all kind of happening in a scene within a scene within a scene which is that hal has left um practice on a you know a a late november uh afternoon turning into evening is sorting through some mail and papers that mario Mario, yes that yeah so mario had scavenged a bunch of mail from the house and he is now going through his uh brother slash roommate's things mm-hmm. uh and and just uh and we're getting noticing into that. old mail okay yeah. great uh so it starts with or rather continues with i'm ar- i'm already appreciating this because if we read a, a seven page end note i i'm excited to put the episode out where <laughs> the the page numbers go like uh whatever page we're on page 255 to page 255 yes yeah <laughs> it, it's, it's no pages all right a moving example of the sorts of physical post-mail Mrs. Avril and Condenza has sent her eldest child, Orin, since the fellow to say of Dr. J.O. and Condenza, the sort of chirpily quotidian mail that, here's the moving part, seems to imply a context of regular inter-party communications still. 20th June, YWQMD. Uh, Dear Filbert, which <laughs> immediately takes us, oh God, to an endnote, um, an endnote of an endnote. 
uh, Filbert and it just takes us to don't ask. Uh, <laughs> it's been a quiet week here on Mount Godforsaken. Wait, is there a sub endnote section or is it just, just there's a, there's an end, a end further endnote of this endnote. It just goes deeper. It goes right now we're on endnote 110 and that is 110A. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, it's been a quiet week here on Mount Godforsaken, which takes us to uh, note B, which just says Ibid, which I believe also means don't ask. <laughs> uh, today is perishing, perishing hot, windless, quiet as a tomb, lush and pretty. Every floral unit on the grounds has its pistol a prick and petals a tremble in a truly shameless fashion, for the bees are about. The whole hill hums drowsily. Yesterday, your Uncle Charles was accosted on the North Path by a bumblebee that he alleges was so enormous it sounded like a tuba, and he dispatched Mr. Hard and the grounds crew with skeet rifles and orders to, quote, bring the Sikorsky-sized bugger down, end quote. I shall spare you details of the subsequent misadventures of the grounds crew, two of whom are now recovering satisfactorily. The paucity of decibels here is due in part to all six A-teams' departure yesterday for Milan, with Gerhardt, Aubrey, Carolyn, and Yurquahart uh, at the pedagogical tiller. It seems not so many moons ago that we were seeing you, Marlon, Ross, and the rest off on the European clay junket. I recall pressing the maternal beak to the terminal window's glass, trying to make my filbert out somewhere behind the airplane's impossible little bullet hole windows. I cried like a fool every time, as of course I did all over yesterday, again, embarrassing everyone but Mario, who also cried. <laughs> as for me, I've swatted and whacked all morning, cranking up your Uncle Charles's video phone and trying to cajole the editors of various supermarket trade publications to run MGMs, which takes us to EndNote C, i.e. the militant grammarians of Massachusetts, a syntactic integrity pack, Avril had put together with two or three very dear friends and colleagues around Metro Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, MGM's latest plea for amending less to fewer in those bleeping uh, express checkout lanes. One old editorial <laughs> codger said that, he, that that was spelled with an uh, exclamation point, uh, asterisk, uh, pound sign, exclamation oh, point, yeah, asterisk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, the classic cartoon. Just too classy to uh, uh, swear. Uh, but also just the... Uh, not not just uh four asterisks, which would be the uh, I feel like the cross way too. Yes, you got to use all the uh all the symbols, the mm -hmm. the ampersand, the um. Yes, we can. We amend less to fewer fewer for so she wants to change the 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 checkout items from twelve items or less to twelve, 12 items, items or fewer. fewer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> one old one old editorial codger said that he'd dearly love to help me out but that his newsletter was devoted exclusively to issues of promotional display. When I suggested that a little comic relief in the form of the L to F bulletin might not be amiss, uh, he chortled. Chortling is good. We like chortling. However, I did manage to twist the arms, harder to do telephonically than one might think, of Produce Weekly, Star Market's Quarterly Register, and Price Chopper's Shelf and Cart, so the wheels of adjectival justice continue, albeit creakily, to turn. The very last gobbit of Academy News is that your Uncle Charles has had his blood cholesterol tested late last week, late last week, though the verdict rendered was no worse than a rather unperspicuous normal to upper normal sick. The penultimate modifier has caused, as you might anticipate, much pacing and high decibel whinging, as well as vows of eternal zerophagy from here on out. 
Your Uncle Charles has already, for some months now, made a practice of swallowing three teaspoons of fish liver oil just before he hurls the administrative skeleton bedward for the night. <laughs> Your brothers have taken to trekking over on slow nights to watch him swallow his oil purely out of enthusiasm for the faces Charles makes as the stuff goes gulletward. I e ordered the poor man a low lipid artery friendly cookbook as a sort of what the hell present the the day the results came in, and your uncle Charles has already poured over the thing and marked several yummers. We're to have a SWAT at cabbage parties, patties, cabbage patties tonight. Fast laners that we are. I do suppose the poor man will find a way to ladle rice bran, which takes us to endnote D, the year of the whisper quiet Maytag dishmaster's anti-sclerotic miracle food craze. Uh, back <laughs> like to the air fryer of its day. Yeah. Um, uh, ladle rice bran into his toothpaste before this spasm <laughs> of angst subsides. Bless his heart, as it were. My, this machine does let one maunder on. I'd best get back to harrying grocers. One of this fall's matriculates, which takes us to uh, E, the, end, the then skinny Elliot Cornspan before Loach and Freer got hold of him. Uh, one of this fall's matriculates is the son of a man who's apparently become an immensely wealthy telegrocer, which takes us to note F, at once high-tech and somehow atavistic telegrocery services let you order off your TP and then have mm. the stuff brought right to your door mm. by college student-y types, mm. often within hours, saving one the stress and fluorescent hassle of public food shopping. As of YDAU, it's still very big in some areas and not all that big in others. The first telegrocery service didn't even launch in Metro Boston until YY2007 MRCVMETIUFI slash ITPSFHOOMS. And it's still mostly in Boston, a downscale and blue collar thing, oddly. Uh, prescient. Prescient. DoorDash. Fresh. Direct. Uh, fresh. Direct. Um, wealthy. Except he would not anticipate that it would be uh, college student types and instead. Uh, Everybody who needs to make like, money. Yeah, low, low wage immigrant workers. Everybody. Yes. Um, uh, oh, he, a man who's apparently become an immensely wealthy telegrosser in the upper Midwest. So perhaps the express lane solecism issue will simply disappear in these here parts as well. It goes without saying that you are, of course, wearing your halo and mouth guard at all appropriate times and eating at least one green leafy vegetable per day. Oh, it was wonderful to hear about the arbitration and contract. Mr. DeLint read a detailed account and told us all about it. Proud as ever to know you. Miss you and love you lots. And see... Uh, th that's the letter. Nice. And an example of the invariant response these pieces of mail elicit. And this is in a um, uh, slightly different text font and size. <laughs> Dear, and then in a blank, it says, Ms. Incandenza, due to the large number of mail the New Orleans Saints are fortunate enough to receive <laughs> from all across the second interlace grid, which takes us to endnote G, Interlace serves just about all of habitable Onan. Each nation comprises, roughly speaking, an entertainment dissemination grid. Uh, we regrettably say, and this is filled in in a blank, or an incandenza number 71 cannot answer your letter in person. However, on behalf of the New Orleans Saints, and here's another blank filled in, quotes, Oren has asked me to say thank you for your message of support and best wishes. Enclosed, please accept a special color 20 by 25 centimeter personally autographed action photo of, and here's a large blank, Oren and Condensa number 71 as our way of saying thank you and how important your letter has been 
to us. Your is spelled wrong. Cordially, Jethro Jethro Bodine, assistant mailroom technician, NC. (laughs) So it's like a Mad Lib? Yes. (laughs) That's very good. Yeah. So those two are not in in touch in a way you would think. Um, And now we have uh, just a, I, I believe Hal is still hanging out in his bedroom, sorting through the mail when he receives a phone call. And this is all still in the footnote. Still in the footnote. Okay, great. Uh, yellow presenting speedy seduction strategy number seven Oren happy interday eve e unibus plurum and so on (laughs) still dodging the disabled a proviso up front Hallie number seven never misses and not every Dickinson poem is singable to yellow rose oh sorry to disappoint you for instance like ample make this bed Make this bed with awe isn't even iambic, much less quatrameter slash trimeter. Just I've th- been saying this. Just a theory. Just tossing it out for the machine's consideration. A practice to be encouraged. This particular theory is unfortunately a dink. Plus, I don't think you quite meant proviso. Number seven remains a no-miss proposal, though. Picture this. Obtain a ring, as in a wedding band. So you present yourself to the subject as visibly married. You know I hate these strategy calls. Also, of course, works if you really do happen to be married, in which case you've got a ring already. I'm sitting here soaking my ankle, oh. The object being to present yourself to the subject as married, as in happily married, and you engage her in a conversation in which you make a big deal of how head over heels in love you are with your wife, how wonderful she is, the wife, how blue and clean the pilot light of passion still burns in the central heating system of your love for her, your <laughs> wife, even after all these several years you've been hitched. I'm sitting here looking through an old box of letters to kill just a very few minutes before a bunch of us climb in the tow truck for Pemulus's uh, annual I Day Eve town painting. I like I love the image of the the pilot light to the of your love the, the central, central heating of system your of your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as you're saying all this to the subject, your manner is nevertheless indicating that you're attracted to her. It's poignant somehow that you always use the word subject when you mean the exact obverse. But it's not like flirtatious or salivious your manner. <laughs> salivious. <laughs> uh more like just strongly and voluntarily attracted, almost as if hypnotized against your will. Your manner can indicate this just by following the subject's conversational movements and changes of posture or facial expression in that sort of vacant, intense way a hungry person watches somebody eating, following the movements of the fork as if mem- mesmerized, which of, with, of course now, the occasional flicker of pain and conflict in your eyes at the fact that here you are, involuntarily mesmerized by someone other than your serapic wife, which the point... <laughs> serapic? Oh, he, oh, also, sorry. He was saying me- memorized. <laughs> memorized. Memorized. Uh, time. Yo, I think you meant seraphic. I also think you meant lascivious and mesmerized. <laughs> you know what your problem is, Hallie? I have just one problem. But hang on, until you see that seven's worth not making me digress away from, though. 
because the point being to get across how it's an incredible tribute to the subject's overwhelming female charms that you can even really see her, the subject. Since you're so in love with your wife, you barely even see most women as even female anymore, much less be involuntarily attracted to the subject, much less have maybe the thought of infidelity skitter, no matter how involuntarily across your devoted mind. And it's not like you'll have to volunteer any of this directly. The subject will draw the observations on her own. That's the point of the conflicted flickers in your memorized eyes, or at the most, an involuntary tortured groan, a quick bite of the knuckle of the forefinger. <laughs> a heel a, a heel of the hand to the forehead or something like that. Get your manner down, just conflicted at looking enough, and the subject herself actually will start drawing you out on this fact, the involuntarily attraction that's so painful to you and so flattering and tributary to her. Uh, do, do we think it is a coincidence that these two letters that we've read so far or these two conversations are uh, the mom's uh, writing a letter largely about uh, Uncle Uncle Charles Tavis and then uh, Oren pitching an idea of uh, being... Infidelity. In, 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 on, pretending to be unfaithful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the brain. Um, okay, uh, so wait, this is like a conversation where you're affecting all this flickering and groaning? Like you mean a cocktail party small talk conversation? <laughs> or do you just brandish your fake ring at some girl at a bus stop and start a tortured tribute to your seraphic wife? <laughs> it takes place anywhere. Venue adjustable. Sevens portable and never miss. The point is to maneuver the issue of your devoted, attracted, conflicted pain to the point where you can appear to almost sort of break down and can ask the subject in all tortured sincerity if she thinks you're involuntarily finding her so visibly female and attractive makes you a bad husband. Display vulnerability and ask her to evaluate the, like, integrity of your heart. Seem desperate, your whole married self-concept shaken. Practically beg the subject to reassure you you're not a bad-hearted man. Plead with the subject to say what she thinks it might be about her charms that could drive your seraphic wife even momentarily from your heart. You present the attraction you feel for the subject as this involuntary, identity-threatening, soul-searing type crisis you just desperately need her help with, the subjects, person to person. Sounds very moving. And if it so happens you really are married, the additional advantage to Seven's pitch is that you and the subject both, however briefly, get to believe it. The pitch. The involuntary, passionate, doomed, knight-errant type pitch. And, of course, oh, the subject just happens to be married herself, often with small children, putting her directly in your crosshairs. A matter of what's the word personal preference and taste that doesn't impact Seven's surefire, no-miss quality one way or the other. It's the doomed, involuntary, conflicted, good man's downfall type quality that no subject can seemingly resist. <laughs> and then silence from Hal. And see then. Well, oh, the thing's sick. It's even sicker than four. Was it four? The one that you said Loach inspired, where you'd supposedly just that very day dropped out of Jesuit seminary after umpteen years of disciplined celibacy because of carno spiritual yearnings you hadn't even been quite in touch with as carno spiritual in nature until you just now, this very moment, laid eyes on the subject with the breviary and rented collar? <laughs> women do want women do be wanting to fuck priests. Yes. A la fleabag. That was four, yes. 
forest pretty much of a gynecopia also. <laughs> gynecopia. But within a kind of narrower demographic psychological range of potential subjects. Notice I never said four was no miss. <laughs> Well, you must be a very proud young man. This is even sicker, the fake ring and fictional spouse. It's like you're inventing somebody you love just to seduce somebody else into helping you betray her. What's it like? It's like suborning somebody into helping you desecrate a tomb they don't even <laughs> know is empty. This is what I get for passing down priceless fruits of hard experience to somebody who still thinks it's exciting to shave. <laughs> I ought to go. I have a blackhead I have to see to. You haven't asked why I called right back, why I'm calling during high toll hours. Plus, I feel some kind of toothache starting, and it's the weekend, and I want to see Shacked before Mrs. Clark's confectionery day in the sun tomorrow. Plus, I'm naked. I'm, surpri I'm surprised you were even there in person. I was expecting the disembodied voice and asking you to call back as a P on this. What is it out there, 1600? Why aren't you outside hard at play? Don't tell me Shtit started canceling PMs for I Day Eve. I tagged this kid Pemberton in the eye up at net. It was inadvertent. We were only four games in. He hit a big, soft, fluffy goose of an approach, and I was trying to handcuff him. I hit it at him only to handcuff him. He never even got his stick up. Right in the left socket. It made a sound like a champagne cork. <laughs> a pro rector named Corbett Thorpe said he thought Pemberton might have a detached retina. Something sure seemed detached. He was walking around in diminishing circles like he'd been hit with a mallet. You, you sound really, like, remorse-riddled. Kitchen's in heat, oh. I've taken my share of balls in various spots. <laughs> and whence bizarre metric theories about Emily Dickinson all of a sudden, by the way? And what's up with the lurking figures with wheelchairs? You're a top ten junior stickman suddenly now this year, Hallie. What's shit doing giving you a cloth mouse like Hugh Pemberton to bat around anyway? You remember him? Who could forget a kid that looks like he's curtsying when he serves? With the white visor and the little amber glasses? That kid's been hanging from the bottom of the ladder by his nails since he was nine. <laughs> it's been carnage all week. Stitt's playing the C teams against the A's. It's for the C's development, Donnie said. Also because today's words down today word sorry. Also because today words down from the tower some of the staff Thought the, some of the A's looked tentative against Port Wash. They despise tentativity. <laughs> I think they want us just short of cocky for the fundraiser and then the Whataburger, where Wayne's got a chance to knock this Veach kid off the pole. Remember Veach? He's number one ranked, and then yes. he's been hiding, basically. Yes, he's Canadian, right? Um, uh, John's... Uh, Veach, I think, is American, okay. but I'm, not, I'm actually maybe not sure. I'm, I'm mistaking him for another character. Let's not forget you either. Uh, let's not forget you, though, either, H. I can get down for at least the Whataburger semis if you get there, if you want incentive. As in in person, oh? Word is you're worth watching now. <laughs> word? <laughs> I, keep <my> ear word? <laughs> I keep my ear to the cement, Hallie. At least for very short subjects, I'd imagine. We take off for the Patriots that Friday. What is it that, like, the 27th or 8th? But it's a Saturday afternoon game. I can be down there by midday Sunday if you're still in the thick. You'll probably need to wear some sort of sign around your neck so I know it's you. Uh, silence from Oren. So then you'll be up here just as we're down there, oddly, playing. 
It goes without saying you'd give me the advanced skinny if anybody I didn't want to see was by any chance flying down there with you guys. The C versus A thing's been more like grotesque than confidence building. Guys are taking out stress in kind of twisted ways. Struck beat Glockner in 40 minutes and then made a show of revealing that he had had three kilo ankle weights on under his socks. <laughs> Wayne made Van Slack cry right there in front of everybody. Word is Wayne has exactly one gear. Then Thursday, Coyle had his left wrist tied to his right ankle and was still beating this new kid Stockhausen until Stitt sent Tex Watson down to tell him to knock it off. His left wrist tied, tied to, to his, his right, right ankle. ankle. What? <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm still not sure what the point of of having the kid named Tex Watson is. Yeah. Uh. So, but the reason I'm really calling Hallie. And but so. And you're being evasive about the dread about the disabled, the like rolling stalkers. I haven't seen Wheel One in days. I'm thinking possibly this was a kind of very shy sort of fan club of people without legs that look up to me. <laughs> <laughs> Grotesque entendre, oh. As like the ultimate leg. They use different ruses to follow me around and never come close or say anything because they're really shy because they don't have legs. So now my mind's resting easier. Now, if the roach and spiders at heights fears subside, you could really hold the head high. <laughs> so the reason I'm calling, I already said I'd let you know when and if. No sightings of any journalists. Your moment profile. I'm actually glad I got you in person. I was going to ask you to call me ASAP. I'm pleased to call you a sap whenever you like, oh. <laughs> That's below you. And I can still hear you chewing that grisly shit. That shit's going to make your lower jaw fall right off. I've seen it happen down here, believe me. And you're wondering why the tooth problems all the time suddenly. Snuff's saliva stimulating. It's actually oral hygiene enhancing when you factor in all the extra brushing. The carries are himself's legacy. You know that. The himself whose uh, root canals put Dr. Zagarelli's kids through Andover. <laughs> uh, this basically non-social call, H, is because I need your feedback on some issues from these half dozen or so very complex and far-ranging and in-depth conversations I had with a certain subject. Not the mobile home person, surely. Whole different ballpark of subject. The Dickinson theory, I have to admit, came from these conversations. Mm-hmm. Sounds like one deep lady. Whole levels and dimensions to this one. We've had a whole series of very intense verbal interchanges. Transcendentalist poetics was just one of the in-depth issues ranged over. This subject keeps me on the cerebral toes. Dickinson's about as transcendentalist as Poe. Your subject's zero for two. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, listening to this whole conversation... Uh, the Incandenza brothers sound like they would be uh, insufferable to talk to in real life. It's a, it's like raising a family of of door. It's like what if all the royal bombs played tennis? Yeah, exactly. What if all, what if all the royal all of the, every last <laughs> not just Yeah. Uh, oh man, I haven't watched that movie. I love in, movie. Uh, a long time. I love the movie. Should we should we watch that later today? Sure. Great. Um, this is all uh, this is all off to the side of the call. I told the subject I'd consider certain issues very carefully before I really responded. Which meant you'd consider what she wanted to hear and had to ladle it on until she begs you to have intercourse with her. I hence need considered sounding responses to two basic <laughs> questions. 
Why this sick thing of making me complicit in these strategic pursuits when you know I think they're troubled and sick? It's like asking somebody to help you culture anthrax or something. Just two questions is all. Now I'm beginning to almost be able to feel my pulse in the tooth. It feels like the infection's gathering force so fast. Firstly, what does the following word I can't find in the dictionary mean? S-A-M-I-Z-D-A-T. Samizdat, Russian compound noun. Soviet 20th century idiom. Sam, Sam, stem, self. Ezdat, undeclined verb, to publish. I think the literal denotation's technically archaic. The sub rosa dissemination of politically charged materials that were banned when the eschaton era Kremlin was going around banning things. Connotatively, the generic meaning now is any sort of politically underground or beyond the pale press or the stuff published thereby. There's no real dot in the U.S. per se, uh, First Amendment-wise, I don't think. I suppose ultra-radical Quebecois and Albertan stuff could be considered Onanite dot. Pow. <laughs> Not just Cyprus sterile pamphlets now. It'd have to be more incendiary. Materials advocating violence, destruction of property disruption of grids, anti-Onan terrorism, and so on. I don't think Onan's got technical bans per se, I don't think, but Potrincourt said the RCMPs are empowered to impound literature and even desktop publishing and interlink hardware, etc., without any sort of warrant. Uh, I'm, I wonder why the RCMP still exists if the uh, nations have merged into one, considering that the R in RCMP stands for Royal... royal. Uh, and frankly, if you become a part of America, Royals GTFO. It's uh, true. I will not stand to have your Royal Mounted Police in my Democratic Republic. Thank you uh, very much. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with those Royal poli- Mounted Police. Well, uh, Oren then says RCMP. Oh, Ma- <laughs> Mounties. Oh. The Nelson Eddy guys in silly hats and equestrian jaspers. I mean, they can keep the hats and jaspers and whatever. I think it's almost, uh, it's it, like vestigial royal, you yeah, know? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, quaint, it's a vibe. It's quaint local custom to, to have your, uh, your police uh, dress like that. But, you know, got, no, no more swearing loyalty to the fucking queen. <laughs> get, get that shit out of there. Yeah. Uh, Hal says, close enough. Next question. So you'd have no idea why the Mad Stork's name would come up in connection with somebody saying Samiz Dot. This is the second question. Call it 1A. Not in any strict sense of the term. I guess I could see some separati styles trying to read the Onantiad or Brick as anti-reconfiguration films. <laughs> Maybe stuff like Poultry in Motion. A lot of himself's stuff was self-distributed too. An immanent domain, allegedly on one level, an allegory about the concavity, though that overlooks that Gentle wasn't even president when the thing came out. But you can tell your subject that himself's work was all very self-consciously American. His interest in politics was subordinate to form, always. And none of it's banned. Whatever's still on the interlace back menus is intergrid. You can order the Onantiad in Manitoba, Veracruz, anywhere. Speaking of Quebec separatism, interestingly, why do I get a sinking feeling this is going to be 1A.1 or something? Oh, is, is I'm sorry, is Hal making fun of the idea of footnotes, footnotes within footnotes? Yes. 
Maybe I could call you back tomorrow and we could chat on and on. I'm going to be here reading for boards till the eschaton at 1400. Holiday tolls are low. It's my nickel here. Or maybe you could simply call the person who's really the person to chat with about all issues Canadian. Oh, droll. Moving right along to question two then. My Epsom salts are getting cold. The big one. Who is the drollest person you know, Molly? (sighs) That's a wonderful question. Who is droll? Who is droll? Do I know anyone who's droll? Anyone who's droll? I think droll, I think of as like very dry, like being very like super, super dry, fun, like a sense of humor. What about Jeffrey? Is Jeffrey droll? Uh, Bloomer? Yeah. Yeah. He's He's, he's, he's pretty droll. I would say he's droll. He's droll. You're right. That's a good one. None, I'm sure none of you who are listening know <laughs> yeah, who that is. Who but that trust is. that I, he. We've decided that he's but droll. He, but it's a good question. Think uh, about the droll people in your life. Yeah, think about the droll people in your life, uh, uh, dear listener. Uh, take a moment. Think in your life. Who's droll? <laughs> Go get a drink with them. I had a lot of droll. I had a lot of droll professors. I think yes. drollness in academia is common. You know what? I think millennials aren't very droll. I think no. we're too anxious and eager to make to make a quick joke to actually be droll. Drollness is. Yeah, it's not part of our our yeah. culture. I mean, I I, I try to be, I try to be droll. I'm too eager to please. I feel like I'm droll on this podcast. You are, yeah. Well, uh, you, but uh, you know, it's because you're hungover. It's, it's a very particular mood uh, of mm-hmm. me. Um. Anyway, anyway. Think, think about the droll person in your life. No, yeah, give him a call. Give go him get a call. A, go get a drink. <laughs> yeah, go have a cocktail. Get a with dry the martini. Get a Gibson with them. Yep. Uh. Okay. So. Uh, Oren says the big one is what you'd have to say if some tough-minded and spectacular subject asked you what you have to say about the way every nuck separatista up there from the Bloc Québécois and Fils de Montcalm all the way out to the really bug-eyed radical fringe type sex and terrorist cells I'm going to have to object to the word nuck oh <laughs> that is an Canadian slur. slur beg pardon the issue being why the whole Quebec Separatiste collection up there dropped the original Quebec independence objective like a rock and switched seemingly overnight to putting everything into agitating against Onan and the reconfiguration and forcing the return of the concavity to our map. Oh, this is Onanite politics. I'd look my subject right in the big blue eye and tell her straight out that the field of nanomicroscopy is not yet advanced enough to measure my intricacy, it, my interest in the intricacies of Onanite politics. <laughs> Potrincourt's class is dis- disquieting enough. The whole thing's unpleasant and dry and repetitive and mostly dull. Thevet has a kind of compelling romanto-historical yarn to spin, though, about... <laughs> uh, I'm serious. You've had some background, at least. The only Nuck prorector we ever got taught the the only Nuck prorector we ever got taught ceramics. But you're the one with the play ads and the five on the French achievement boards and the ability to trill your R's. That like that's Parisian. And now I don't even watch the sports summaries, much less the political stuff. Just try for one second. The subject raised this subject raised issues that were way out of my depth. That's not even coherent enough to be a mixed metaphor, oh. Are you honestly telling me you want your depth increased, or are you just looking for some cliff note summary so you can incorporate the impression of depth into some new panty removal campaign? Are you going to tell her you studied Onanite politics under the Jesuits? 
The whole thing was dicey. I had to tell the subject that I had to think about it and ponder, that I always took time to ponder at depth before I just dashed off an opinion. And don't tell me. This is your moment profiler? Your Boswell in an e-cup? Is this why she's en route? Was the whole familio historical profile story last week a dodge? Am I really just supposed to sit down with her and paint you now as a political-minded ex-seminarian who's married to someone only some sort of heroically proportioned goddess could tempt you to betray? I forgot that he was even being profiled by this person earlier. Because I'll tell you right now that Stitt's not going to let any of us here talk to anybody from some glossy rag like moment without him or DeLint sitting right there with us. Gone are the days of himself not caring how many who's the next Venus Williams hype journalists haunt the grounds, man. Stitt's now calling the shots on who talks it's to whom. It's very funny that this was written 30 years ago when Venus Williams was the, the hype tennis player and now 30 years later, uh, Venus has faded almost into obscurity but Serena Williams is still incredibly famous as a tennis player. Yeah, it's funny because they, they crushed his doubles. And v- Venus, I, I want to say, won some Grand Slams. But yeah, Serena uh, Serena's the one who plateau hopped among yeah. the two of them. I mean, God, just this week, that photo of her and Alex Ohanian mm-hmm. was going around. And honestly, I do want to reference that because shout out Alex Ohanian for giving uh, men uh, uh, shaped vaguely like me uh, representation. Uh, you know, we, we, we love to see our <laughs> ourselves represented. <laughs> big, big boy. Uh, yeah. Big boy realness. Big, 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 greasy, uh, <laughs> uh, flabby boy. <laughs> I'm also, I mean, I know all, all tech guys basically suck, but I do, I really appreciate how that guy mm-hmm. has basically morphed in his like marriage and, and parenthood of just being like my... I, like being a, he's a wife guy. Yeah, he is a wife guy. I, I, th- I also my cur- think, he's a my curvy wife guy. Uh, as 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 stupid as Reddit largely is, uh, Alex Ohanian seems like the, uh, one of the least bad tech guys. Yeah, and I would say Reddit is probably one of the best platforms. It is. I mean, yeah, we. we I like Reddit. Fun, a lot, we make anyway. fun of a uh, uh, like quote unquote the redditor type a lot, but it, it Reddit is great. It works. Per, it works exactly right for what it needs to do. Yeah. It's a large, diverse platform of mostly just people uh, talking about dorky shit. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great forum. Uh, and Alex Ohanian is, uh, is white boy excellence. Yes, 100%. Um, shout out. Shout out. Shout out to <laughs> Alex O. Also, and, uh, and, and of course, Serena Williams. Re- Reddit, who's Reddit's one of the only excellence. social platforms designed to actually have some level of community moderation. Yeah, and it's but it's also perfectly designed for self moderation, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Oh, where was I? Okay. Venus um, Williams. Venus Williams. Shit's now calling the shots on who talks to whom. Delint has a whole scathing appendix to the admissions manual about junior development and toxic hype. Helen will be able to get in. <laughs> That's the journalist. Stitt's not going to let me hype your political acuity or pseudo-wife or anything else. He's got CT seeing this place as a sort of prophylactic against commercial attention. He thinks junior commercial attention's deforming. The manual now invites us to see ourselves as in utero and hype as thalidomide. Uh, Stitt'll let her in and stick her with CT and let CT filibuster her until she throws herself out the window like that journalist from Condé Nast last fall. <laughs> Forget the profile. Speak to her or don't. This is personal. Meaning you've discovered she has small children and maybe a marriage you can deform. 
I'm ignoring all of this. Helen's a different sort of subject. I've discovered levels and dimensions to Helen that have nothing to do with profiles. Helen is a French-Canadian man in drag, right? No, um, Amer- he's American. Hugh okay. Steeply, Office of Unspecified Services, Services. a okay. man in drag. Right? Uh, this, this whole plot has a very Looney Tunes vibe to it. This is like when B- B- Bugs Bunny puts a wig on and Elmer yeah. Fudd yes. is like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> or that like, thing where Daffy Duck is like a sexy woman yeah, with exactly. like a backless dress. <laughs> and and mm. whatever uh, male figure in the cartoon is like doing bug eyes awooga. Awooga. <laughs> when you're like... Boy, you're yoing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've discovered levels and dimensions to Helen that have nothing to do with profiles. <laughs> Meaning she's a tough nut meaning you've set your crosshairs and she hasn't succumbed and she knows you're not married and not a tormented Jesuit. She's strategy (laughs) resistant because she knows too much to fall for a persona. Co-ponder with me a second if you're through. Stop me at any time. Jump right in at any time. On both the ultra left and right, the brass ring up there has always been independent succession for Quebec. Historically, no? Am I off? The Front Liberation and so on? The Fils de Montcalm? Or is it maybe Jew? Are they the ones in spandex and pancake makeup? The giant pies dropped on Ottawa after the third Meech Lake Accord? Silence from Hal. Parizo et al. and so on. Have we heard, we've heard of the A little reference bit. of the giant pies previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to stop me or jump in. It all had been about getting Quebec out of Canada, right? The Meech Lake and Charlottetown revolts. The Chrétien assassination... Notre Rey Pays, terrorists in plaid flannel, French Can- French Canada for the Francophonic, Acadian Zion <laughs> Acadian Zionism, La, La Québécois toujours, Acadian Zion. Acadian Zionism. I wonder if Justin Trudeau's dad's going to be referenced in this book. Yeah, Some, somewhere I bet he is. La Québécois toujours, <laughs> on, on ne parle d'anglais ici. <laughs> uh, with all the terrorism, especially directed at Ottawa, pressure on Ottawa and Canada. Permettez-nous partir, permettez-nous être. Or we blow up the Frontenac. Or we irradiate Winnipeg. Or we put a railroad (laughs) spike through Chrétien's eye. This is not exactly deep depth, oh. Yes, and then but suddenly everything changes when Ottawa, under duress or no, puts itself under the surgically sterile-like thumb of Onan with the advent of Onan, gentle, unquote-unquote, experialism. Uh... You know, sorry, I read that wrong. With the advent of Onan, gentle, quote-unquote, experialism. You don't sound like you need any input from me on all of this, oh. But so then, but so but then, in immediate unison, all the various different separatist groups drop secession and independence like rocks and all transfer their insurgent resentment to Onan and the U.S. and now insurge against Onan on behalf of the same Canada they'd spent decades treating like the enemy. Does this seem a little bit odd? Silence from hell. Yeah, I guess that is a good question. Is like, what would the Quebec separatists want once uh, a a a nation, uh, a conglomeration has been made? Because I mean, separation of Quebec from Canada Canada makes vague sense. But if it's all one giant country, it's like, are you still imagining that Quebec is going to be its own little independent mm-hmm. country within you know giant north america yeah it seems like it makes less sense at that point if the nations emerge i feel like the the, the quebec uh separate separatist movement the game is lost so maybe but maybe that just makes all these people go even more insane yeah doesn't this seem a little odd hallie 
I'm really the wrong blood relative to ask about the intricacies of the Canadian radical mind. Oh, <laughs> we have a blood relative who's got dual citizenship, if you recall, who I'm sure would be overjoyed to ponder separatist ideological flux with you all you want and then some. I'm sure. Once her jaw recovered from being unhinged by joy that you actually called, <laughs> I'm slapping not one but both knees at the drill. Uh, you'd know she'd never once asked me whether Boo Boo and I hear from you. Not once. A sort of appalled pride. She's ashamed of even hurting over it. Some kidding all off to the side. I'm serious about this. The oddness of it. You know I respect your frontal lobes, Hallie. I'm asking for depth. <laughs> Not any kind of expertise. You just ignored the meat of everything I just said. You're like an old person about this with an old person's weird selective hearing. I'm going to let this whole pot insulting the kettle on selective awareness of things just slide right on by as a gesture that this is a serious call. Why they all seemingly with one mind switch objectives. And acting on behalf of the whole of Canada, Quebec suddenly is what you want explained, or do you simply want it confirmed as odd? The subject cited polls from when they were still bothering to take polls up there that said like upwards of four-fifths of all Canadians wanted out of Onan and hoped President Gentle had a ghastly accident in his UV booth, etc. <laughs> so the second and final question concerns this shift from anti-Canadian Quebecer nationalism to anti-Onan Canadian nationalism. Yes, see, I, I, I get mm -hmm. where we're going here. What I was thinking is, is this maybe a textbook case of Johnny Gentle type find an enemy for a divided nation to come together by blaming and hating theory in mm. action? Is this somehow Quebec like circling its wagons with Alberta and all the other provinces in the face of a common enemy? Silence from Hal. Hal? <laughs> you could always point out to the profile that there's a nice little irony to Gentle's strategy ending up bringing Canada together at our expense when it was pretty obviously meant to bring us together at Canada's expense. But you sound like you'd think the more deeply pondered response would be something else. All I know is some very basic schoolboy history from Potrincourt's class and from the advantage of occasional contact with the moms. Hit me. The historical record indicates pretty clearly that the one and only nationalism in the Quebecois soul is Quebecois nationalism. <laughs> it's been nous vie la plupart toujours. Acadian Zionism. That's the phrase is going to be sticking with yeah. me for a bit. <laughs> and the more so, the farther out on the fringes you get. I can't see the Separatistes considering Quebec a true part of Canada any more than Lesotho saw itself as part of South Af. Uh, <laughs> that again. That's an eschaton reference that will make be more clear later. Uh, I get that. Okay. So to South Africa, I, I know. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. I grok. You grok. I grok. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Potrincourt keeps thumping the fact that there's no valid comparison between Quebec and our own antebellum South. <laughs> Why do you think Meech Lake Three failed? Meech Lake Three takes us. To end note H, after Meech Lake 1, Charlottetown 1 and 2, and Meech Lake 2, this was Ottawa's fifth and final attempt to placate Quebec with a constitutional amendment formalizing the, the Gallic province's right to preserve and promote a distinct society and culture. <laughs> nice, me mealy-mouthed uh, yes. uh, legislation. 
Uh, why do you think it failed? It's because at root, they've never seen themselves as anything other than hostages of Ottawa and the Anglophone provinces. Even moderate Separati styles like Parizeau spoke of the final surrender on the Plains of Abraham as a kind of <laughs> forced property transfer, the whole original war as one in which French Canadians weren't the losers so much as the spoils. Booty. This all checks with the subject's take. The impression I get is that Quebec's hatred of Anglophone Canada transcends anything they could work up against Onan. Just mention 1759 and the mom's lips disappear. <laughs> Pemulus and Axford keep coming War early. War of Jenkins' ear. Is that right? See, I, I'm, no, I mean, I'm it's, very, that's like uh, seven years war territory. That's 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 one of the uh, mm -hmm. you know the the big 18th century colonial wars. I don't know if that's actually the War of Jenkins' ear. It just made me think of that. Sure. I think that was more of a Mexican thing. <laughs> I'm so I'm uh, really bad at my, on uh, my are your 18th century wars. Really bad. Listeners, please correct me about uh, when the war, when and what the War of Jenkins' ear was fought over. <laughs> Uh, Pemulus and Axford keep coming early and putting a big gothic 1759 on the blackboard before <laughs> G&M just to watch the mom's lips disappear when she comes in and sees it. My sense is that the subject concurs on the hatred assessment. They want plain out, always have. Healthcare and NAFTA be damned. That's why they sabotaged all three Meech Lake Accords, she says. Wait, wait, wait. This version of America has healthcare? Um, I think Canada does, or m maybe. So, I mean, that would be that would be great if we could merge with Canada and get, get their, their health care system. And they get our uh, um, savage know, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, they get our, I don't know, uh, military. Bad vibes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're bringing to the table on that. No, not much. Although, I have to say that uh, having spent a lot of time talking to uh, Canadian folks uh, the last uh, few months, uh, their, their, their management of this whole coronavirus system uh appears to leave a lot to be desired and when in one the one situation where uh you know being on a phone call with a bunch of uh americans and one canadian and everybody joking like well you've got good health care and the canadian being there like no I, I can't get a vaccine in this yeah. country it's awful during during this pandemic <laughs> yeah, yes. unprecedented pandemic uh ooh. um she seems to apply the anti-onan thing is some sort of anomalous dodge or something I've got to confess a sort of curiosity now about this profiler you just last week were preparing to fend off about himself, not to mention comparing her to defensive linemen. Rubenzian was never your type, I didn't think. Silence from Oren. Plus, any subject you're bothering about uh, even giving the impression of depth to, this is more work than your type of subject tends to demand usually, isn't it? Silence from Oren. This is something else that isn't you. You've never exactly been shy about discussing subjects with me. It's complex. She's grown on me. It's this certain way she takes notes on your explanation of coffin corner punts. It's complicated. There's a lot I'm not saying. She's got levels. I've discovered levels and dimensions to her I didn't know were originally there. Oh, oh, please don't let it be just you've discovered she's married with little kids. That's not it by any chance, is it? Please let it be something other than little kids. Uh, silence from O. Uh, let it be something other than the hordes of other subjects I've sat and listened to excruciatingly detailed, sadistic, blow-by-blow -blow strategic accounts of, oh, home of, oh, uh, sorry, I fucked this up, uh, strategic accounts of, or in homewrecker in Condensa. This is what the team calls you in, like, jest, you sick pup. I'm a sick pup. I'm the sick, I'm the sick one. 
wants to blame her, won't admit it, needs to, won't admit it, sweepingly blames the whole affair of himself on her, won't interface with her, or worse, even acknowledge her, resents even the fact that she forgives things like you and Marlon Bain killing her dog. <laughs> uh, a hit and run and back up and hit again driver, I told you, re- pretends he gets the most retardate PR staffer he can make hold the crayon to send grotesque, solicistic pseudo-impersonal imp- replies to her pathetic letters. Jethro Bodine, oh? Jethro <laughs> Bodine? A private chuckle. She'd never get it. Disowns her. Worse. Sicker. Tells himself he's convinced himself she doesn't even exist, as if she never existed, but by some coincidence has this rapacious fetish for young married mothers he can strategize into betraying their spouses and maybe damaging their kids for all time, and has this apparently even more rapacious, compulsive need to call the blood relative he hasn't even seen in four years and tell him all about every subject and strategy, blow by blow, long distance, in nanomicroscopic detail. Let's stop and ponder this all for a moment. Oh, what say? Is there a complex here? (laughs) Is there a complex? I'm letting all of this be just water off a duck's back. I can tell it's the tooth talking. I can remember the stress of the place. All I can say is that, trust me here, this moment subject is like strickenly dissimilar from what you're indicting. The levels and circumstances aren't the ones you're so anxious to call rapacious is all I can say at this juncture. Why do I suspect it's simply that you tried to make the big X with her and she demurred and this simply piqued your interest? During my can't-miss nail interval, you were saying how enormous interior linemen were making comments about her bottom being so huge and soft you could whack it over and over with a car antenna and not hurt it. (laughs) Hallie, I never said any such fucking thing. You pulled that out of the air. And I'm sick? You said she was obese. I said she was a girl in a half in all directions, which all of a sudden there was something that seemed cross-cultural about it. I had this sudden flash of understanding how cultures can regard largeness as erotic, more of someone to love, not to mention queerly and oddly intense and alive and vibrant. And she declined a casual advance and showed you pictures of her like enormous offspring and you came to attention. With a heartbreakingly lovely face, too, Hal, all peachy and lysome, like big pretty girls get. I'm going to have to keep her away from this kid Orthostice up here because he really is a Rubenzophile. After PMs, when we sit around, he'll go on and on about enormous breasts and melon bellies and quivering laps until we're all grimacing and pinching our nose bridges. And whatever you meant was not Lysome. Lysome? I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Lithesome? L-I-S-S-O-M-E. I've never known how to pronounce that yeah, word. Yeah, I have no idea how that goes. Uh, the reserve QB who's next to me in these god-awful pregame costume swoop and glides yes, yes. said something I liked. Helen passed him in the locker room and he, do you want to hear this? Uh, it's still unclear whether every team swoops and glides in or if they just do it because they're the Cardinals. Yeah, they do it. It's it's um according to the uh to the the because the, the saint he talked about the saints that you would just dress in like angel oh, costumes. Oh yes, okay, of course. And the Broncos presumably you would dress up like a horsey. Yes. Bengals, tiger, Browns. Uh, I guess <laughs> That's you would what, dress up like uh the the creator of the team. His yeah. last name was Brown. Oh God, <laughs> just a guy in like a fedora. <laughs> well, that was the joke at the end of that thing. It was like could be worse. Could be the Browns. And I guess you're supposed to kind of put put put, put two just imagine together, yeah. what weird costume that would be. 
I'll try to finish the uh, page because I feel like Is, are we, there's still like there's, two or three more yeah, pages of this. Let, let I mean, me, we've been going for like 50 minutes or something. Let me be clear. Uh, this is also because this is all an endnote. This font is tiny. Tiny. Yes, this is a very long thing. Uh, so we we won't even get through one one endnote. End half one part of an endnote. Yeah, we've been going 55 minutes. If you can if you can come to a, a stopping point, we should yeah. probably uh, wrap it up. Great. Um, she was in the locker room. <laughs> It's the law. The pros aren't a PR gulag. He said she had a face that'd break your heart and then also break the heart of whoever like rushed over to your aid as you pitched over sideways grabbing your chest. That is a pretty good one, oh. Uh, but so far we concur on the basic oddness, it sounds like. If the radicals want Quebec lose from Canada still, and that's always been the priceless pearl, why like dissipate themselves trying to wreak mayhem down here almost the precise moment interdependence is declared? Sipa? <laughs> I'd rather just agree it's a stumper and then go dry my ankle and find a clean shirt and grab Shaq and hit him up for some anbasol before we hit the truck. Right? And do these different groups get along amongst themselves, the different separatist flanges? Not according to Potroncourt, they don't. So why then the united concerted switch from let uh, from like let Quebec go or we stick knives in the eyes of Canadian VIPs and drop huge confections on Rue Sherbrooke during St. Jean-Baptiste Day to all of a sudden let Canada go or we blow up Athme Towers and stretch mirrors across U.S. highways and hang Fleur Lee's banners from U.S. monuments and disrupt interlace pulses and skywrite knuck obscenities over Buffalo and Dickey with waste vehicle launchers so it rains moose guano on New Haven and shoot Onanite VIPs on U.S. soil and only barely get foiled from injecting anaerobic toxins into jars of planters' peanuts? <laughs> the New Haven brown rain thing was sort of a chortle, though, you have to admit. That's a good idea. Should we stop yeah, there? Yeah, let's right. stop at the chortle. My God. The New Haven brown rain thing was was a bit of a chortle, you have to admit. Uh, Again, st- <laughs> f- sticking all of this like history and context into an endnote. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the most we've discussed the idea of Onan in this book mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, at length and, and put into this uh, <laughs> this goofy exchange. Again, between these two people who, when they talk together, seem absolutely insufferable. They're truly, I mean, it's also, it's tough reading this aloud and hoping it is understood in that they are basically both talking and they're never addressing each, each other. other. Yeah, they're just, they're like just talking, talking over each other. Each other yeah. Well, that is one of the things about that I've, I've, I've noticed I've picked up about uh, dialogue in this book when yeah. it exists, which is fairly rare other mm-hmm. than this like extended uh, endnote. Is that it is not, and I, I obviously I think this is not intentional. It is not very mm-hmm. dialogue y. People aren't really talking with each other. They're more just like revealing information about yes. themselves at each other. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, 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 you know, that's definitely a purpose, but, you know, I, I would not call the dialogue in uh, Infinite just uh, sp- sparkling. Yeah, it's very, um, it's like pithy and it's, you, yeah, you're learning stuff about people, but. Every everyone do, does kind of talk the same. There's yeah, like exactly. the and but so, the, yeah, and still but so or whatever. Um, and that I guess that's you know trying to imply. I do think that the general voice of this is the incandenzas. Yeah, in that you have this father who's like a weird genius, and then this mom who's both like very kind of like social and charming, but also like a militant grammarian. Mm-hmm. 
and, and that's how it like well, yeah, turns the, out. The whole book it kind of does have the uh, sensation of. I mean, I guess this is what a fucking book is, but it, it, it the book has a sensation of like a character in the book relating the story to you. you yeah, know? yeah, and I feel like the character is uh, an like incandenza, one of, yeah, one of the especially. I mean, it's, I, it's it's almost like even though it's not written like this, it's almost like what you would imagine, like Orin describing the plot of the book. To yeah, you as, yeah. You know, I think the mom's letter to Orin was kind of revealing in yes. that because it was ve- obviously very cheery. And very like wor- like ver- verbaceous, verbaceous is that a word? Like yeah, very yeah. flowery, and you can yes. kind of hear that sometimes. in and when either of them like get agitated and start like really like getting into it, but it's also definitely David Foster Wallace is just being yeah his ver- his version of an erudite mom. Yes, yes. I mean, it's all it's all him. Uh, I he does a good job of, of getting to the core of what I think is so funny about Quebecois separatism. Yes. Uh, which is like, you know, I get how traditions evolve in a place, but it's the 21st century and you're, you're in North America. You're not French dude. You're American. It doesn't, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Canadians out there. You're not Canadian. You're Americans. It's North, it's North fucking America. You're Anglophones living in North America. It's all one, one thing, uh, two slightly different flavors uh, of it it's like the the crinkle cut versus steak fry of being an anglophone in north america and i'm sorry quebecois wow you're not- also anglophones in north america you're, you're not hear- you're not french anymore. <laughs> you're gonna hear the squeak soon you're gonna get i'm gonna hear the squeak you're gonna get got for that yeah i know Spicy. I'm, I'm, i wonder, i don't know if we have any uh, uh quebecois listeners. i think we have at least one but you go there it is very charming when you i you know the first time that in my adult life that i went to quebec and you go there and you're like oh i hear it's kind of french you go there and it's like oh no like everything is french yeah but what what are you doing well, here's the, here's what the are thing. you doing here's the, the thing like, it's not french to, chris it's quebecois it's, it's quebecois it's trying to preserve a little french oasis in the middle of this like hellscape of english descended nonsense uh, I lo- I mean that's it's definitely my my, well, my Vermont bias is that I I, I live I, I think it's I think it's great I mean <laughs> but well that the best that it can be is quaint you know it's mm-hmm. it's if you if you really do think that uh that there, you're gonna have a whole French nation up here in the middle of North America uh, I'm, 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 I'm I believe I'm sorry you're 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 deluded oh wow and that's what I find so uh, funny about it. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a, spi- a spicy take. Let's yeah, I know. I I hope that we don't have a, a any Quebecois hardliners here. <laughs> but uh, my my answer to them is get with the fucking program. I I I I think it's a a vibe to drive. It is, I, look, north. I'm not denying that it isn't a vibe. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just saying that that you're. Are you're, you saying why so serious? Uh, yes, yeah, so you're rowing you're rowing you against the, fre- the current here. Are you the freaking Joker? Uh, no, they are the jokers. <laughs> They're all the jokers. Le, le joqua. <laughs> le joqua. <laughs> uh, uh, on, uh, the person qui, uh, qui dit de, uh, les blagues. To, are you trying to say the man who tells, <laughs> the, man who tells the jokes? <laughs> uh, un, un homme de très bonne humeur. <laughs> The man of very good. The humor. French, the French Joker, the Quebecois Joker. I would like to see. Uh, yes, I would like to see the Quebecois Joker. Uh, Jared Jared Leto, in, an interesting ch- acting choice for the man. He's decided <laughs> to play the Joker as a Quebecois man. A Quebecois man. 
Mm. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pathologies. Both, yeah. of, the, both of these boys are, are terribly, terribly screwed up. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They do. Uh, and these two without even seeming to even try. And I, mean, he, I guess the mom's... Uh, her, I, I at least tries to be uh, very close and affectionate. The the form letter from the Louisiana Saints is very funny. Yeah, I um, like that. Bodine, <laughs> Bo- the, the male Bodine, yeah. the male manager. The the only other thing I say is that lest we forget, he, Helen, who Orin has basically fallen in love with, uh, is not Helen. Mm-hmm. It's Hugh, and the reason Hugh's talking to Orin so much about Canadian separatism is that he thinks that. He his relation to James and Condensa means that he has something to do with the entertainment, the entertainment and could and possibly he, obtain it for. Yeah, him. he's basically in, interrogating him to get to find out whether he's a terrorist, mm-hmm. and Orin is then bringing it to Hal, being like, "How do I figure out the right answers to tell Helen so she'll fuck me?" <laughs> it's very funny. Yes. Orin is so he is he is a himbo, cri- cripplingly horny. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. And Hal, it's so funny. We, you never talk about it, but Hal seems to have no romantic interest in anybody whatsoever. No, he is honestly over the last like a hundred pages. The most, the, the thing that he seems most interested in is soaking his foot in, in Epsom salts. Yeah, he's a real, um, he's a real cipher. Honestly, yeah, he is. Uh, it's it's a, hard to get a beat on him, even though he's like ostensibly the main character in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Other than other than kind of a, a overworked blank space, what we're, uh, we're supposed to um to to think of him. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a um. Even though we Chunky. didn't even get through one footnote of uh this this stupid book, uh, <laughs> this has been a uh, a thick and chunky infinite cast to make up for uh for last week being off. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> um, we will be back next weekend <laughs> weekend with the the thrilling conclusion to footnote 169 or whatever we're on. <laughs> uh, and then maybe we can get back to the main back to the some, main one at some point. Good Lord. Uh, all right. Uh, say goodbye, Molly. Uh, goodbye, Molly. Bye.